Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shrigal. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, and welcome back. Today, we are introducing Professor X, aka Dream Peach Dougie. He is a military veteran with an exceptional service record and a trailblazing mind. He is the founder of Dream Peach, a pioneering sexual wellness company, and Peach Paper Co., a premium all-organic rolling paper venture. Today, Professor X is here to talk to us about healing through psilocybin, also known as magic mushrooms, because he is about to make waves as a self-published author as he is leading the discussion on mental health and the psilocybin revolution. Psilocybin has been a huge factor in my own personal health recovery, and I'm excited to share how. So let's welcome Professor X to the show. Hi, and welcome to the show, Professor X, or also known as Dougie Dream Peach. How are you doing today? Doing well, Dana. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited about today's topic because one, it has worked wonders for me and just in general, and I want to kind of peel back some layers on it, but we're going to be talking about healing through psilocybin and magic mushrooms and what that can do for us as well for sexual pleasure today. So I guess I kind of just want to start with a little about you and kind of how you got into this business and your qualifications. Yes, of course, Dana. Thank you so much. Uh, so as for myself, like I'm an ex-soldier, uh, I did seven years as an uh, army signaler and then four years as a special operations uh, data comm specialist, of course, with the Canadian military. Uh, I served on a variety of missions overseas, including disaster assistance, refugee evacuations, combat and non-combat around the Middle East. And then when I got out of that, I'm a, as far as my qualifications, aside from being a self-published author on the subject, and you'll be seeing my book coming out in the next quarter or so. Um, unfortunately, on, on the other side, I have a long line of close friends that have either passed away from drug overdose or suicide, which was the main motivating factor for me to actually publish that book and sort of position myself in, in, in the psilocybin industry as an ambassador, because like you, you know, it has worked wonders for me. And had I believe that um, they had found psilocybin as a therapeutic agent, um, you know, many, if not all of them might still be here with us today. So <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, thank you for sharing that as well. And of course, for psilocybin. So like, what is that for people that don't know what that is? So psilocybin is the main psychoactive compound found inside of magic mushrooms. Uh, by itself, it's biologically inactive. However, once ingested, it becomes metabolized, is converted into psilocin, which can then pass the blood-brain barrier and give us that ever so desired uh, psychoactive effect. In, in terms of like how to explain that to people, because the chemical composition of psilocybin is only one molecule away from melatonin, you know, a good way that I like to think about it is that while mel melatonin, you know, as we all know, puts us to sleep, aka brings us out of consciousness. You can think of psilocybin as doing the opposite and bringing us into consciousness. And, you know, sort of on the lower doses, it's kind of like a volume knob where you're just turning up the consciousness as the higher, higher, higher dosages of psilocybin you ingest. Wow. I did not know that it was that close to melatonin. Yes. Yeah. It's a, well, it's, it's one of the, that has like one of the lowest, which is a good thing, the lowest safety profiles of any substance out there um you know it's all cited in my book but uh yeah i would love to pass that study along to you it's uh, pretty incredible absolutely i will give it a read for sure and so when it comes to this i know in my experience when i first start saying 
you know, magic mushrooms, this or that. There's a lot of misconceptions around it and how it's yes. just structured of just a party drug, but it's of course. quite healing. And so what are some other misconceptions about this? Yeah, like I would say like that's probably one of the the, the biggest misconceptions, you know, in terms of, um, you know, everybody thinks it's either like a crazy, uncontrolled, uh, crazy experience with visuals or ultra perceptions or something like that, when that's just simply not the case. You know, there's a very a wide scale, but which what could be considered a, a micro or macro dose. And, um, you know, like on the micro level, like some of the effects might be like improved focus or effectiveness, creativity, reduced stress and anxiety, or improved outlook. And then, you know, on the macro level, you do have the ultra perception, diminishment of self prolonged effects, but there is a massive scale in between that. And I think that that's, that's one of the, the biggest things that people sort of don't understand about it. Now, what would be considered a micro, like something under, because like you can take grams of it, you can take smaller dose of it, I guess, would that come down to the individual or is there sign of like a ballpark of it? Yeah, the ballpark is like 50 milligrams of dry ground mushroom to 400 grams. Um, you know, this is all like anecdotal, um, it's, it's sort of subjective in, interpretations from the industry uh, thus, thus far. There, there's no like uh, regulatory body like overseeing everything saying, you know, this is a micro, that's not a micro. Um, but we'll get into it uh, later on. But like that can mean very different things, especially in terms of what kind of mushroom you're putting into the microdose and stuff like that absolutely so sorry go ahead yeah no and i just wanted to touch briefly you know on, on the other biggest misconception that i think is that uh, like i said like uh psilocybin is, is serotonogic as opposed to dopaminergic which is like also all of our like other mood altering substances like let's say um you know alcohol fast food pornography like cocaine like all of those, those things which are relatively socially acceptable like those are all dopaminergic which, you know, like that's our wanting, as, as you know, like our wants, so we always like want more of it, want more of it, where um, the psilocybin binds to our serotonin, which essentially makes it like that non-addictive properties. So non-addictive. So it would, would it, if someone were to say mushrooms are addictive, you could get addicted to it. Would that be a misconception then? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be one of the biggest misconceptions in, in like, like I said, rewinding to, to how I got into that with, with my friends that passed away from either uh, drug overdose or, or suicide. Yeah, um, you know, they were all doing, you know, it's like dopaminergic things. Like um, some of them had issues with, with cocaine or alcohol or other substances. You know, you know, with the psilocybin, it's like you have a dose and because it's serotonogic as opposed to dopaminergic, there's not necessarily that that want. It's that that want, right? Where we confuse that want with with liking. But uh, that that's the biggest difference between um how psilocybin affects us as opposed to other substances. I think that is a very key point that I think people should point out because I do like, even with caffeine, I've got friends that they just wake up and they're like, I cannot do anything without it. I yeah, cannot. I, I'm, function. I'm, I'm totally the same way. Yeah. So, okay. Wonderful. Now when someone's first would, getting, would into you believe me if I, if I told you that psilocybin is actually less toxic than a cup of coffee? Wow. Okay. Yes. That, wow. No, I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. I do cite the source of my book. I don't have it off the top of my head right now, but um, yes, I, I just, I, I can't, the, the benefits is, 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 is so incredible. Um, but with, with anything it's, it's responsible use and um, yeah, like please use responsibly. Like we put a disclaimer with, with alcohol, like nothing's stopping me from going to the liquor store right now and buying, you know, four 26ers, 
and drinking them all if I want, just like nothing stopped me to go to the mushroom store and buying four or or whatever, a large dose and taking that. But we just need to, the education is not there. So people need to be educated that on lower levels, like they, these are great alternatives to societally accepted mood altering substances. And and we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there as the... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, when someone's first getting into it, then, because obviously there has to be responsibility on the person ingesting it, but are there any particular cautions or safety concerns about using it or like certain types of people shouldn't use it or this is kind of open for yeah. everyone? Yeah, no, I, and I agree that, that that's a great question. Um, and of course, what we're seeing right now is sort of the wild west of the industry evolution insofar that the industry is progressing at a speed, um, you know, far greater than any regulatory body can keep up with, which sort of means that, um, I mean that in terms of accessibility, like, as you may have noticed, like I'm in Southern Ontario and there are mushroom shops everywhere, which means the accessibility is there without the consumer education. So hmm. now that, now that the mushroom shops are there, and the good percentage of the population, like you said, has has no idea or has fears about them, doesn't know about the dosaging, safety guidelines, and effects. Like th those those are things that we, that we need to uh, to start addressing and educating. In in terms of safety concerns, like um, the industry standard is like the big three S's. So that's set. You know, that's finding the proper set, and then the setting is the proper mindset going into the experience as well as, you know, having a spotter if you're on the, uh, if you're going into the higher end of the dosaging. And what would be the third one? So set, spotting. Set, setting, and spotting. Oh, set, setting, and spotting. Okay. Yeah, so set would, set would be your physical environment, your physical setting that you're putting yourself in when you're taking them. You know, setting obviously being your mindset going into it, um, you know, like setting the intention of wh whichever the intention, if you're going in for a healing session or if it's a lower dosage creativity thing. And then, Obviously, the last one is is spotter, having somebody there with you for emotional support and guidance if if need need be. And they would be there in case of like a worst case scenario were to happen. And what would a worst case scenario look like then? Um, a worst case scenario, um, if we're going to talk about, you know, like the proverbial bad bad trip, you know, in terms of your physical health, like like nothing nothing is really going to happen. I think like the record there's been like three recorded overdoses like in the past <laughs> you know like decade um so in, in like you're, you're not gonna die you're not gonna overdose for anything like that but it's just like a very frightening experience and you know and this sort of happens more um when people try to control the experience or proverbially like wrestle like with the mushroom and then especially if they're trying to wrestle it with those uh, negative emotions can cascade you know exemplify and then lead into what what can be considered a bad trip um which is where that spotter come comes in handy just just for the emotional support be to be like hey like this is going to be okay especially when those if you've taken a macro dose and the effects are going to be you know four to six hours you know that can be a very frightening experience if you're having a bad trip for a good portion of that yeah. And I think I'm not saying this is for everyone, but the cases that of I've course, heard about yeah. bad trips are people, it is a reluctancy to kind of face certain things yeah. that it's bringing up, which can be quite scary because for someone who's taking it, thinking it's going to be like a quote party drug, and then mm. they start to actually start seeing things on the inside that they need to face. Yes. They're yes, not yes. ready. <laughs> like they're just of like, course, holy yes. shit. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. A anecdotally, um, you know, at, at higher doses at those like therapeutic macro levels, 
Um, you know, it's been said that the mushroom is kind of like takes your face and like puts it in the puts it in the dirt of life and be like, here's your problem. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, like it it definitely it shows you uh, yeah, what what you need to work on for sure <laughs> at the mm-hmm. higher doses. Yes. So, and I think that's also like when a bad trip happens, like reflect when you come out of it, reflect on it. Cause I don't feel like it ever lies to you. Like these are being mm-hmm. quite clear of things that maybe issues that you've forgotten about or tried to bury, but yes. you can't bury these things. And so that's mm-hmm. what I actually do like about Bill Simon is because it does show you like, okay, maybe you're acting out in certain ways because of this hidden thing that you had, or at least in my experience, that's what it showed me. And I leaned yeah. into rather working with it than against it. Of course. Yeah. And that, and that's the best way um, definitely to do it. You definitely see like you have the, uh, <laughs> the capability to, to do so. Um, but uh, yes, we need to edu- educate the, the rest of the people. Yeah. So for education wise, would you say like there's some do's and don'ts or, you know, honest mistakes that some people can make because they don't have the education? Yes, yes, of course. Um, like I would say going into like any macro experience, um, and this will lead into a bad trip if you don't prepare it in the right ways, especially even physiologically, if you're not there, if you're not in like a healthy body, you know, you're not, you're not going to have as, as proactive an experience. So I always say like, you get enough sleep the night before, um, you're not hungover or on other drugs, you know, like we're not taking medications that may interfere with the experience. Like I always consult your healthcare professional before, you know, doing anything medical, but that's, and then obviously our mood and emotional state are relaxed and regulated as possible going into the experience. I personally like to eat a lot of brain foods, like uh, green leafy vegetables, you know, fish, stuff like that. Um, just because if you're as neurochemically topped up as possible, like you're, you're going to have the best, the best experience, you know, like healthy mind, healthy body, um, and I've heard, to have the experience. Sorry, sorry, I was gonna add. I heard that drinking yeah, a lot of water is good as well. Like it's important. Or is that something maybe I just heard through the grapevine? Does that matter? Like during during or before? Before. Like I've always somebody has always uh, been like, make sure you're okay. so hydrated, yeah. make sure you're hydrated. And being hydrated is good as you know what you said for a healthy body, but yeah. that's something that I feel like I've always done. Like, make sure I drink a lot of water. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people say too, like, the, um, don't eat beforehand and, and you know, because the, then you'll get like the, the full effects. Um, I do like to have a little bit, uh, but that kind of makes sense if you're like flushing out everything before drinking mm. a lot of water and then going in hydrated that that makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So that's good to know. And healthy body. What it, so that just means, you know, just stay away from eating the junk food, I guess, before you're taking it. Yes. Yeah, of course. Like, like I said, like, yeah, like any, anything that you put in is going to affect your, your experience is, is what I've found. Uh, so, so let's, yeah, like alcohol will detract fast food, like anything. And you'll, you'll notice because it's going to increase all your sensory per- perceptions. So if you're going in, if you put something in your body that makes you feel, you know, not your optimal self, and then you're kind of turning up the volume knob and like amplifying that with your with the increase of dentro connections in the cortices then you're definitely going to you're going to notice you know those unpleasant things a lot more so that's why i like to say go go in as as healthy as possible body and mind absolutely well you say something like you mentioned about prepping it so when people are looking to choose like a mushroom that works for them is there like specific kinds or different types that they can kind of lean in? I, I, I personally have seen things for like creativity or more inwardly, but yeah. does that break down? Yes. Yeah. There's definitely, there's different types 
of mushrooms and that's another major misconception you know like all magic mushrooms are not created equal you know what i mean mm. um so there's over 200 strains of uh 200 yes 200 strains oh. of magic mushrooms and here's the thing so each, each one contains different levels of uh, the two psychoalcohols psilocybin and psilocin now remember i said that um, they're, they're kind of one in the same insofar that psilocybin, once it's ingested and metabolized, gets converted into psilocin, which can pass the blood-brain barrier and then, you know, induce the ever so desired psychoactive effect. But because each strain has organic, organically different amounts of psilocybin and psilocin, if you have a strain with a much higher amount of psilocin, it doesn't have to be metabolized. So all of that psilocin will uh, get metabolized and and pass the blood-brain barrier much, much faster, right? Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, then, and then moreover, um, you can have strains that'll have, let's say, three to four times higher the amount of psilocybin as other strains. So you can think of it as psilocybin content as like the, the long fuse, the long fuse of the psychoactive compound because it has to be metabolized, where the psilocin would be like the short fuse of the psychoactive compound because it doesn't and it's going to induce those effects a lot faster and then you have some that this may have a higher quantity of both which means you know you're just going to get a lot more but then th that's the other thing so people aren't educated so when they go into these these pop-up stores which might not have the consumer's best interest at hand their their goal is just to sell you the most and most powerful thing they might you know steer steer you the wrong way where if you had a a gram of a lower dose psilocybin and then they give you another grand like you, you could be in for like three times of the experience and if you're not expecting that that can come across unsettling for sure wow that is something that i didn't actually know because i know with cannabis you know they have like their different strands of this it, and that and i yes. when it comes to like mushrooms i just didn't know that that was that is very important i'm like going back to certain trips and i'm thinking yeah. to myself what you're saying that makes total sense <laughs> yeah yeah, so sort of like the the industry staples, and I'm going to use these because they're like the most like two popular strains is, um, I don't know if you're familiar, the listeners are familiar with the, the Golden Teacher strain is a very, very popular strain known for its more gentle, psychoactive, like gentle like effects. Um, that strain is approximately about like 1% psilocybin per dry mushroom weight, and it has like very low amounts of psilocin. So that's why it's a, a very like gentle, even, you know, even come up and then an even come down. Uh, and then I'm going to use on the other end of the spectrum, one of the like uh, most more famous uh, strains is the penis envy. I'm not sure if yeah. you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, on average, you know, the, the penis envy strain ha uh, contains 2.5 around there percent psilocybin and 2.5 percent psilocin. So it's like a total of like 5% of the entire dried mushroom weight. So you can imagine you're in for five times the effect. And like with that one, sometimes it comes along a lot quicker and people just aren't ready for it because it's more of like a, so for beginners, I always recommend that to the golden teacher and then going, going up from there. You know, I feel like when I go into those stores, they maybe it's just the ones that I've gone into. They don't seem as edgy. I don't want to say they don't seem educated in what they're doing, but yeah. like, they just, they don't really care, I guess. I don't know. Like they no, just like, this, yeah, is, this is popular. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's what I mean is that um, accessibility is accelerating at a rate faster than, you know, 
uh, regulation or or um, like the right the right thing to do like having those properly educated you know like in the cannabis industry you have bud tenders but no you're absolutely right because the um, the stores are propping up too fast faster than they can put educated uh, mm. what would you want if you want to compare it to cannabis they have bud tenders we could mushroom tenders or yep. <laughs> you know um yes it's not it's not quite there yet and then that's why like i'm really thankful that we're having this discussion today because we have people need to be educated right yes and especially I think... especially when like my my nieces are nieces and nephews and you know like all of our people that we care about and have readily accessible to these to these things which are which are awesome and great when used in the right ways but it can be quite scarring to some if you use it in the wrong ways and something like like a bad trip comes up. Of like course. People like that, are just so put off. Yeah, that would be the worst thing that you would want to do is like re, you know, try to go in for a healing session and then re-traumatize yourself <laughs> with a with a frightening experience, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned the set setting and then sorry, what was it? Set setting spotter. Spotter. So when you set the room, I guess set the mood, like what are some ways that someone could help set the mood for that? Of course. So I always say like ensure it's a place that you're familiar with. Uh, set the stage for a setting that you find more comfortable, you know, bedroom, maybe put some extra lighting, fragrances. Um, I like to have a, a journal. Like when I go into a, an, a, a macro experience, I always bring in a journal with me so that I can, you know, sort of work through the experience you know, art supplies, you could, you could get creative in that way, but anything that you're going to find comfort, comforting, um, def, definitely have it with you for your session. I also like to recommend having the audio. You like to hear pre-planned for at least a few hours straight. Um, obviously you're going to be ultra sensitive to the emotional tenure or like the audio you choose, you know? Mm -hmm. So like Metallica on mushrooms, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe not the, maybe not the best choice. Yeah, personally, I like to listen to classical music, you know, for like optimal neuronal activity, you know, and the lack of lyrics allows you to sort of assign your own meaning and like organically cascade through the auditory association. So anything with a lack of lyrics will allow you to sort of evoke those like your own own meetings. That's that's sort of my my personal opinion. But um, I also feel the weather affects me. Like if I once took it when it was yeah. raining outside and I just it wasn't the same. And so I really? just kind of, yeah, I was like, no, oh, I okay. love it when it's sunny outside yeah. and the temperature of the room also affects me. So if it's cold, even the slightest, I get really yeah. cold for some reason. That makes, so that think, make, that makes sense. It's because those, those dendritic connections, like uh, your sensory perceptions are being enhanced on, on a micro scale. So you're ultra sensitive to, you know, light sound, like all, all your senses are, are being enhanced on a micro level. And yeah, and I guess like the mood also that you go into it with gets enhanced. And I think that's what you were mentioning before, making sure that you know what you're like, what mood you're going into. Because I think that if you're going in like rushed um, from a personal experience, I feel there was one instance where I did and I feel like the beginning of my day had nothing to do with the afternoon, but the beginning of my day was rushed the entire day. And then when I took yeah. mushrooms, I had that heaviness that, of like i'm rushing it and i was like right. damn damn i didn't I like <laughs> meditate or something before <laughs> yeah i've i've made that mistake as as well uh, um one or two times yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh, you know live and learn you know I, I i like to say you know i went first so that you know others don't have to <laughs> kind yeah. of kind of thing and that's that's what i mean we're, we're, we're trailblazing and it's it's, it's accelerating at a pace that the, the government or regulators can't keep up so it's up to us you know to take that first stand as leaders in our communities and and sort of 
carve out. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit surprised at how quickly these shops are coming up considering how much effort there was for cannabis to be legal. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the, the, the revolution is coming. <laughs> it's yes. already here. Like, I don't think that they can stop it at this point. And like I said, that was another reason that, that I stood up is because, you know, I feel like it's my, you know, especially as an ex-soldier, like coming out, like, I, I feel like it's my, my, like I have duty and to sort of, guide people in the right direction you know point them in the right direction absolutely and i love what you do and because this does have healing benefits to it and so of course, yeah. how can you go into a little bit of the science behind it of how psilocybin can help you heal yes so so going back like obviously we know that uh psilocybin is serotonogic you know and that's that's why we feel good on, on mushrooms which because like serotonin serotonin is like our it's sort of like our social interaction, neurochemical, not quite, it's not like oxytocin where it's like touch face, um, but it's that sort of like our sense of community. That, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the best way to, uh, to associate it. So, so that is elevated along with a neuronal avalanching or an increase in dendritic connections. So if you can imagine, yeah, it's just like the dendrites are like little trees, right? And then you have like little trees and a bunch of connections in all the different areas of your brain. And when you take mushrooms, they're actually increasing those new, like you're making new connections. So there, there's a little bit of a, it sort of forces you to see things differently or have a new outlook um, because you're making connections in your brain that just weren't there before. There's there's nothing wrong with that. And then, you know, you know, one of the principles in your own, uh, neuroscience, you know, uh, neurons that fire together, wire together, neurons that fire apart, wire apart, you know, so part of the come down after a macro experience is that those dendritic pairings are going to start, you know, getting smaller again. Um, but for that session, like I said, you're going to be able to see things, you're going to get a different, different perspective on, on your problems. And, and that's, that's sort of where, where the healing, healing begins is that, that different outlook on life, in my, in my opinion, you know. I think for, um, to your point, for me, it was like, like the nerves and my nervous system just felt like they had just released all of this weight that had just been carried around for years. And I just didn't even mm. know that I was holding on to that weight. And I really feel like when I come out of it, when I would do, uh, like when I do these, that I do feel lighter at the end of it. Like, it's just this, I don't know what emotional weight that's in my body yeah. is just being released, but it is something that it's. I feel lighter for sure every time. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the other thing. It's like, uh, so the, the next day you're not going to have like that, that crash, like, like with everything else, like with all those dopaminergic things, um, there will, there will still be an increased amount of like serotonin. So you should be feeling good the next day on, on the, on the come down, but and it helps yeah, like the, even beyond trauma, like it helped me even with my business. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I did a lot of yeah. business planning, like being yes, able to be course. like, that's how why, do I do this? How do I yeah, do this? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yes. That's why I always, that's why I recommend going into a, a session with a, with a journal, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, that's been a really big help for me. Um, and, and just to touch, you know, everybody uh, just, just from my background as a, as a soldier, anecdotally, um, you know, everybody talks about, you know, the, the benefits of psilocybin for PTSD, you know, and, and for like hearing that and seeing new, new outlooks. Um, but nobody really talks about the, the transition period, which for, for me, you know, I did 11 years. And then when I got out, you're, it's, it's almost like a, you're almost like institutionalized, right? Like, mm. it's so hard for you to like, see the world 
yeah like integrate back into society and like for me it's like I got out and then like all of these conflicts happened and then you you sort of feel like like you're abandoned it's like an, a feeling I'm abandoning like like I was abandoning my brothers and my sisters that were still like in, in the fight you know what I mean mm -hmm. um so like all that stuff was like tremendously hard to deal with and my psilocybin was was, was a lifesaver for me to, to be able to get me to, to see things in a new way and be like, okay, like I'm settled in, like this is now my new path in life, place in life, place in society, my community, my family, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, that, that really helped me. And that's something people aren't, aren't talking about that. And I think that there's tremendous potential for psilocybin therapy to help people with similar, similar situations, whether it's a career change or maybe let's say a, a divorce or, any of those sort of massive life changing events. That's a good point to it. And I think it's, I'm definitely for anything that can give you a different perspective on things because it pulls you out of it. Almost. You're like, you're on top of the issue. You're not in the thick of it anymore. Like you can yes, yeah. take a breath and be like, okay, you're almost like right. dis, like you've removed Just, yourself from the situation. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes literally, you know, if you get to the ego, ego death stage. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And I think everybody yeah. at some point needs one of those like ego deaths. Cause like, yeah, about something it's, we all carry something when it comes to the ego that just doesn't need to be there anymore. Of course. Yes. Yes. Of course. Um, it's, it's definitely not, not an experience that, that I seek out. Like, like I see it even, even for me as an experienced person, you know, it's, you know, quite, quite alarming when you uh, <laughs> lose yourself into, um, yeah. An experience. Yeah. An experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Into um, the vortex. I do have a couple questions. I know that there's a different way to ingest psilocybin. So like my favorite is tea, but I know that you can crush it up and eat it, but are there of other course. types of ways? Uh, yes, of course. So there's, um, yeah, gummies, uh, chocolate bars, mm. tea. I would say that those three are the most popular methods. Um, you know, some of the issues that, that come with eating the, the raw stems is like that nauseous feeling, especially during during the initial uh, 30 to 45 minutes, like while it's being metabolized, you know, um, I even I get it myself and it's not uh, it's not not that enjoyable. Um, so those the gummy chocolate teas are, are great alternatives so that you're not experiencing those. I find that with the gummies. Uh, the psilocybin doesn't really metabolize as well. Um, chocolates definitely, um, I think those are a great way. And then the way most people are doing it is they're just grounding the mushroom into powders and then putting them into whether it be gummies, chocolate, tea bags. I'm not sure how you're making the tea, but that, that's essentially how they're doing it. Uh, psilocybin extraction has proved more difficult. I'm currently working on a couple extraction methods, working with, with, some, with, with some people, but... Yeah, until that's done, you know, the, these are essentially, it's kind of, you're just consuming the, the, the actual mushroom, whether it's ground into something else or consumed by itself. And how you consume it, does it change the effects of it? Like I said, I find that when they're it's put into gummies, for whatever reason, it doesn't get metabolized this way, but I, as well, but I don't have the, the, I don't have a scientific answer for you on that one. <laughs> Yeah, like if you, if you want the, the full full effect, definitely, like you said, flush it with water, empty stomach, raw mushrooms. Yes. But psilocybin, as much as it can be healing, it also can en enhance pleasure, which I guess also is good on the kink side of it. So Of course. How, like I know when your senses are heightened, that's also a big deal, but how can psilocybin enhance pleasure and orgasms? 
Of course. Yeah. And a great question. Obviously, the first business that I launched was in the sexual health and wellness industry. And, you know, the reason that I launched that is sort of because I wanted to bring people, you know, I wanted to bring people together. And <laughs> psilocybin, you know, on, on the lower doses in between, in between the, the micro and macro, like in that, in that great scale, um, smaller doses, like, as you said, aside from enhanced rate, it's just, it enhances that interconnectedness. Like we feel more connected. So if you take it with your partner, like you're going to feel a greater sense of well-being and togetherness. Um, are you familiar with the, with the, the stoned, stoned ape theory? Uh, I think I've heard of it briefly, but for yeah. our listeners that don't know it, I'd love for you to explain it. Okay. Um, it's a bit of a radical theory proposed by Terrence McKenna, um, you know, where, where the brain evolved basically doubled over a hundred thousand years. And he was proposed that our ancestors were tracking their prey through the plains of Africa or wherever, and we're eating the psilocybin mushrooms through the dung, um, which like better their hunting skills, you know, increase educating visual acuity, but it also would increase our like survival and reputation because like the, our ancestors that were, were taking them, you know, would have increased libido, attention and energy, and therefore would be reproducing more often than the ones that weren't. And then at even slightly higher doses um, would promote like greater social bonding within the early human communities, you know, as well as sex activities. So, yeah, I've been trying to develop sort of a finding the right dosage for a more pleasure oriented product, because I believe that it can yeah, truly enhance people's uh, sex lives as well. Oh, I think that when it comes to the stoned ape thing, I, that makes sense. Like, I feel like I am smart yeah. every time I get out of it. Like, it's just, it's so much more than just different perspective. It's just, I see myself new every time I come out. There's no way that I'm the same person that I was before when I go into it. I, even mm -hmm. if it's a small kind of experience or a big experience, there is little changes that happen within me. And then when I, at the end of it, I'm just like, wow, I grew somewhere. Like I learned something about myself or I let go of something which can be equally as empowering and all sorts of beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, the, the, the sex and psilocybin, um, def definitely an area that's to be explored. You know, I don't think there's a lot of publications on it or a lot of people, you know, sort of pursuing that. But, but like I said, on that, that lower, that really, that safe, safe dosage thing where you're just increasing your, your sensory acuity and, I, I think there's really, really something there to bring people, bring people together and really uh, improve, improve sex lives between couples. And this is something that anyone of like anyone can really use this, obviously not children, but yes. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is open to anybody. Yes. Yes, of course. I think even for, uh, you know, for, for, for elderly, elderly people, you know, as, as their brain sort of, um, like to diminish a little bit, like all those, those connections start to pair, pair down and pair down and pair down, you know, something, something that's going to, you know, increase those, those connections is definitely, you know, anecdotally there, there's a million things, but, but scientifically, you know, I, I can't, I can't speak to them yet because uh, the studies, they're just, they're not done yet, but. I think that it's one of those things, like the, um... The studies will come, but we, there's like still like kind of even a part of me that's like, I already know that this is helpful. Like it's even in my oh, own yes, experience, yeah. like, of course. and like microdosing, I, I, I think it's also can be a good alternative to some of the medications on the market. Obviously I'm not a doctor, but, right. um, go talk to your physician, but in the same breath, it's a, it's more natural in my opinion than some of the chemicals that I've seen in other types of 
medicines. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, I guess I'm more plant-based forward. But I think it's good that people should have the yeah. option to choose or at least look at the different types of options that's out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Yes. So is there anything else that you just like would like my listeners to know? Like anything I missed? Advice? Uh, no, I think we we basically hit it. If anybody... Um... Yeah, like where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can find me at Professor underscore X underscore MTI. MTI is my company on Instagram or LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn slash IN slash Brennan dash Duggan, you know, or check out my website, stringpeach.com, peachpaper.shop. And I, I keep an eye out. Uh, my book should be published in the next, like I said, quarter or so. It's basically done. Um, so that'll be coming out. And then hopefully I'm going to have some psilocybin based products in the, in the future as well we're not sure which which marketplace we're exactly going to put those on yet but those are coming out as well i'm going to get your book and i'm going to read it and i'm going to have you back on the show and ask you a whole bunch of questions about it as well oh boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that's exciting but yes thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much dana i really appreciate it and for my listeners i will see you on wednesday and as always stay kinky